and welcome to this week's episode of Between Two Gamers. I'm Liv, and as always, I'm joined by my man's furry. How are you doing? I'm all good. How are you? I'm good. This week, we are finally going to talk about Resident Evil 1, the HD remaster, and we'll be talking about the original as well. But as promised, I finally played the first game. So we are bringing back friend of the show, Bees Are Coming, a.k.a. Kristen, and we will listen to that conversation on the other side of the break. Today, we are going to talk about Resident Evil, the HD remaster, because as promised, I finally played Resident Evil. Today, we are joined by a friend of the show, Bees, a.k.a. Kristen, as a recurring Hi. guest. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Last time you were on, it was we talked about Outriders. What a throwback. Oh my god, was it really Outriders? <laughs> I barely I, remember that game. It's like a fever dream. Was it Outriders or Hood, yeah. Outlaws, and Legends? Oh no, it would have been oh. Hood. Yeah, yeah, I think it was HUD. Ah, well, it could have been both, really. Well, hello! Thanks for coming back! Hello? Hello? <laughs> to be back. Been a while, you know, only talk to you guys, like, every day, just not in this capacity. Uh, you know, that's a little peek behind the curtain. But, we finally- I finally played Resident Evil 1, and Kristen has so kindly guided me through the entire game. Because, if you don't know, there's no quest log. So I found it extremely difficult. So I feel like in this situation, I was the ratatouille. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just patiently tugging your hair back and forth to keep you on track. Yeah, yeah, this is very true. So at the end of the episode, I'm going to let Kristen just berate me for being terrible at following directions. But let's do the plot recap first. And I know it, I think there's like an overarching plot, but you can play as two different characters, Jill and Chris. And in my playthrough, we played as Jill. But Kristen, would you be so kind as to tell everyone what the plot was of the game? All right. Also, hashtag Chris fan, Chris for life. Chris, get those games. <laughs> okay. I've done something. All right. So Resident Evil 3 is a third-person well, shooter. Well, we played the first game, so. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I totally mixed that up. I was trying to say Resident Evil 1 is a third-person shooter, and I said Resident Evil 3 is a first-person shooter. We'll get so, there when we get there. It, mistakes were made. <laughs> But it was a revolutionary game for kind of the, the horror genre. It brought in the third-person shooter era, and it's just this whole deep dive into just how, how fucked up people can be. So um, this first game, you are a member of the STARS, a special ops unit of the Raccoon City Police Force, and you are called out to investigate some mysterious and extremely brutal deaths in the raccoon forest surrounding the Spencer family mansion. Um, you are the second unit that is called to investigate these deaths. Your first unit has gone um, completely MIA. You have not heard anything from them. So you are not only investigating these mysterious deaths, but you're also investigating your missing team. When you come to the mansion, there's bad weather forcing your helicopter to do a very quick landing. 
And as you escape from your helicopter and try to make your way into the forest, dogs. Everywhere dogs. Zombie dogs. And then, of course, you get your, your horror-slash-sci-fi trope where, sadly, the, the black guy does die first. This is a never-ending trope that we see again and again. Again and again. One day, and... we'll be broken. <laughs> yeah, and depending on who you choose, um, whether you're Claire or Chris, um, if you choose Claire, Barry Jill. gets... Yes, Jill. <laughs> Jill. <laughs> Sorry, we're playing Resident Evil 2 right now, and I'm just getting mixed up. But um, if you choose to play Jill, Chris gets separated from the group and you enter the mansion with Barry and Wesker and Jill. And then you split up to attempt to find Chris and investigate, you know, the, the missing members of your team. If you choose Chris, then Barry goes missing and Chris still gets an additional helper. Her name is Rebecca. Um, I think it's Rebecca Chambers, but she uh, she basically helps out in little tasks that you have to solve and puzzles around the mansion. Like Barry would help Jill, except Barry tends to be more weapon oriented, whereas um, Rebecca will do things like Chris can't play piano. So that one puzzle that you have to play the piano to solve, she will play the piece for Chris if he finds the the score. But you enter into this. Yeah, she's just, you know. She's more of a medic. She's like the medic character, basically. Okay. But you enter into this labyrinthian mansion, and you immediately start finding, you know, signs of zombies, but that doesn't seem to be a word that they possess, so I I don't recall the term ever actually being used, and I think that's a pretty common trope for these kind of games and movies as well. Um, But as you're making your way through, you quickly find out that there's so much more going on than just, you know, people being murdered. There's bioweapons. There's all this lore that you have to discover through the individual, like, pieces of scientific papers and journal entries and things that you find around the mansion. Um, one particular annoying thing for... If, if you're a gamer of today and you're going back in time to play this game... It's very difficult to have a save limitation mechanic, which this game is kind of built on. You are limited to, you have to find these um, ink rolls, basically, to be able to save on typewriters in specific locations. So you can't save whenever you want, because a large component of this game is having to backtrack and remember the map and all these different locations as you unravel this mystery and you go from spot to spot and fight these different creatures. Another part of this that makes it pretty difficult to play for today's gamers is you can't kill everything. Resources are very restricted, so that's a, an issue there that you have to learn to overcome. But as you get deeper in, you find that underneath the mansion there are all these complicated labs, and you basically discover that this Spencer family has been creating um, bioweapons. And a lot of it is actually specifically for the purpose of eugenics, um, as Spencer was a great eugenicist um, due to the way he was raised and some of the things he saw during World War II. So he has this plot to use his pharmaceutical company, Umbrella, to spread these bioweapons and reform the world, making himself like the master creator of this new race of people. Um 
and as you get to the end, you have to discover who has been betraying you this entire time, and that pulls you into the next game where you see the the first full effects of what this this terror can actually become. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this game, for sure. Furry, did you play both the original and the remaster? Yeah. So, I know that Resident Evil, in the later games, when they do a remaster or a remake, they change part of the plot. So, yeah. from what Kristen recapped, is that basically your experience with the first game, or did they make major changes? Uh, no, they just tied it up a bit. Yeah? Like yeah. how? Like, just try to make it look a bit more modern, mostly. <laughs> yeah. But Did apart you play? from that, it's pretty much identical. Yeah, Fruz and I are a bit older than you, so to kind of throw you back in time, imagine the TV screen is about the size of your head, yep. and you have to sit very close to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And if your and TV you, fell on you, it was going to do some serious damage. <laughs> yes, the TV could kill you, so that was just an extra proponent of the game mechanics, you know? Yeah, uh, if you, you make that court. <laughs> you make a mistake, you kick that TV stand, you're dead, it's over. Um, but that, that camera was just as bad, if not worse. And I think that's, like, the hardest part of playing these older games for, you know, players from um, newer gaming generations is... These, these camera angles are impossible. And it was worse? Yeah, yeah, because it was a little more buggy. And then it wasn't as uh, clear either. Usually when they do these remasters, if they don't change the actual graphical style, they'll at least make it clearer and easier to see. But they tended to be quite fuzzy, um, especially because the technology that we used to use, instead of like an HDMI cable, it was this three video and sound okay. inputs. Uh-huh. Video, sound, input cables. So the, the connectors were a lot looser as well. So you'd be playing and you could just lose video or sound in the middle of what you're doing. And then when you go plug it back in, suddenly it's all different colors. And it's just like, it was a mess. So. Did you both play this game as Chris and Jill? Oh, I did it just as Chris. I, I think I played it as both. Yeah. So Kristen did touch on some of the differences, but did you notice anything else about playing as Chris that you would like to add on? Free. So <laughs> Chris is, um, he comes off as a lot more like capable than Jill. Uh, there, there's not too many differences in the actual story itself besides how you're utilizing uh, Rebecca over Barry and then you get a different weapons layout. Um, you don't get a grenade launcher. I think you get a machine gun. Um, I would have liked that. <laughs> but yeah, the you miss out on all the, the Barry scenes and it's more, I think it's more Wesker focused. Um, but mainly you see like Jill acts like a person that has very muted, like, broken emotions <laughs> with the way that she plays this game. I think she goes into it just hardcore blanking out the majority of the things that are happening. Because she'll, like, have horrific things happen in front of her and she's, like, pretty calm. Whereas Chris seems a little more engaged in the moment. Is that true I, for I you too, Free? 
Yeah, so I, I went looking because I, I did find it a bit weird that even back then that there'd be major differences. But apparently, the full list is Jill would start with a lot pick. She gets two more item slots. She gets a grenade launcher in her story. You get Barry, you get a taser, and you can create the plant 42 chemical. Um, but then Chris, he can take more damage. He runs slightly faster. Uh, he's lighter is always on hand, so you've got some kind of like light source. You get Rebecca as an assistant. You get a flamethrower instead of a grenade launcher. Hmm. You get Wesker's assistance, and you uh, you have to pick up the small keys and you get a flash grenade. Oh, okay. I think you can make the Plant 42 chemical as Chris as well, but that might only be the remastered version. I didn't play the original. So, can you not kill that big plant then as Chris? You just can't go into that room? So, you can kill it, because um, you don't have to make the chemical to kill it. That just means you don't have to fight it as a straight-up boss. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't mix the chemical, it is killable. Um, you just have to... Be a little, <laughs> yeah, you you have to be a little light on your feet. Like, I, I think a very important thing to remember about Resident Evil games is they are usually built to make you run around. You're never going to be in a position where you can just kind of stand and shoot as much as you want. It's always run, stop, shoot, run, stop, shoot. Yeah, I accidentally went into the uh, the chemical, not the chemical room, the plant room without the chemical, and that was the first time I died in this game. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get out. Yeah, I was in the middle of telling him what to do, and I um, stupidly, I think I said, open the door. <laughs> and I meant, I meant the other door, the door to leave that room. And she's like, the big door? So she, she goes through and gets trapped, and she's trying to kill the plant. But I think all you had on you at that point was your handgun. You had a ton of ammo, but still. I just, did, just yeah. Handgun. Um, so you're trying to kill this thing, and it, I think it ended up just like acid- shooting you to death yeah this is how i got the trophy for dying for the first time but thankfully we didn't do too much before that because not saving in this game pretty tough you know you lose a lot of progress there's no like auto save which probably wasn't invented yet so (laughs) yeah i had this fever dream where in the chris version lisa actually gets into the house later in the game and follows you around is does that happen or was i confusing her with the hunters because i haven't played the chris version in a while not that i remember okay fever dream indeed because i kept warning Liv. i was like yeah you're gonna get farther and then lisa's gonna come get you (laughs) yeah she's like lisa's coming lisa's coming But let's touch on Lisa's family, because I just couldn't understand why this man experimented on his own family. Did I miss something in the game that, um, like, why he did this? So, uh, he didn't experiment on his own family, from what I remember, and I, I don't remember his name. Um, I believe that he was working for Spencer or the Spencer family, and he had his family on site, and he was doing experimentations for the Spencer group, but um, they ended up doing the tests on his family as a punishment, and then they also, um, because he tried to escape, he tried to get away, right? So, um, yeah, we found his journal. Yeah, in his grave. So they ended up trapping him in the mansion, and they kidnapped 
his um, his wife and daughter and did experiments on them based off of his research. So I think he blamed himself uh, because he's the one that created a lot of the research that caused what happened to them. But I don't think he did any of the actual testing himself. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. Is there anything that you you guys would like to comment on gameplay wise? Anything that you liked or disliked about the com the combat mechanic, whether it be in the HD remaster or the original game? Well, I know what you hated. <laughs> <laughs> what what did I hate? The whole game the probably. <laughs> no, it's those never ending corners. Because yeah. like it, it goes against the way your brain works because it changes the camera angle on you when you hit a corner, right? So you want to change the way your stick is pointing. But the way the game is built is you're supposed to keep pushing forward when the screen is dynamically changing around you. So if you change the direction of your stick the, when the camera has changed, it will send you back the other way. So you'll get trapped in this loop where you're trying to go around a corner and you just keep running around in circles because you keep changing your stick angle every time the camera changes. Worst part of that was where the dogs come through the window. I don't know how many times oh. I was in that because of that camera oh. angle. Did you know that you can avoid that? No. <laughs> yeah, you just you just don't go back to that hallway and you take the long way around. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, because if, if you go through that the first time, there is no reason for you to go back through that hallway. Although, one thing um, Liv discovered that was... Oh, I was so mad. She let a dog in from outside in the front hall that's usually a safe area. Oh, I was so angry. I just wanted to see if it could go outside. Yeah, uh-huh. And the answer is you you can't. So... I had to fight a dog. <laughs> but that was You ran away first, and then when we went back out, we ended up having to get rid of it, because it was just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was only one of the many mistakes that I've made in this game. <laughs> but talking about some of the characters, though, going into this game, based on what I know about Resident Evil, which is pretty much nothing, but from an average perspective, I thought that Jill was supposed to be a badass and they make her such a wimp in the first game. <laughs> so it was completely different than what I had anticipated going in. And I hope that her character arc changes. Is that something yeah. that I can expect to be true? I, I think the next time that Chris sees Jill, she's basically become like Zero Suit Samus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I don't think Chris specifically sees Jill again until Resident Evil 5. Um, and this isn't necessarily spoilers because it tells you in the beginning of that game that Chris is out here kind of looking for Jill. <clears throat> um, but she's been captured and she's behind enemy lines. And when you finally see her again, she's literally Zero Suit Samus. She's blonde now. She's got the long hair and a ponytail. She's wearing this bright, like, sky blue, skin-tight suit. And now she knows karate. <laughs> so I would say Jill becomes a badass, yes. Oh, okay. One character that I definitely did not like in this game was Barry. I found him so annoying. And Aww. I... I, no, he's so annoying. And then he would do something super suspicious. And 
And then Jill would be like, Barry, what's going on? And then he would s- dismiss it, and she would just let him walk away. So I mean, this- that, that's just that's just corporate America. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm so used to it, because it's like, it's a white man being suspicious. You bring it up, he's like, nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> so is Chris's interactions with Rebecca more positive? Rebecca is not a traitor in any way. She's not really involved in any of that that I remember. She's just, you kind of wonder why Rebecca's there and how she got there. Um, because she's just like, you You wonder how she's even a part of stars, honestly, because she looks like, um, do you know the, the character model for, um, I think her name is Claire from the uh, Silent Hill series? Mm-hmm. She looks, that's what Re- Rebecca looks like. She looks like um, Claire. So she's small, she's blonde, short hair. I think she's even wearing the same, like, white jacket. And she's just very slight little medic character. Um, scrappy. But, yeah, you, you see Barry out here with his big combat boots and everything. Wesker, literally, like, the, the Duke Nukem, but skinny. <laughs> so... <laughs> So Claire, uh, Rebecca doesn't really seem to fit in, um, but she's not she's not a traitor. I think she actually came as part of the first group, if I remember correctly. So she's been stuck in this mansion for I think like a couple days. Oof, that's all I got to say. F in the chat for Rebecca, assuming that she lived. <laughs> Yeah, you can save, so if you have a partner, you can save them, and then you can also save, um, Jill or Chris will always get captured, um, depending on who you're playing. So, there's multiple endings that you can receive, and the good ending is you save your partner and you save Chris or Jill. And if that, yeah, if that happens, then you get to escape and you blow up the whole mansion. If that doesn't, and you kill Tyrant. If you are unable to save your partner and, I think, Chris or Jill, then you don't blow up the mansion. You do, you can escape, um, but you don't blow up the mansion and apparently Tyrant gets released and he, like, lives in Raccoon Forest now. Hurry, do you remember what your ending was? Or did you play it multiple times to get the good ending? Uh, I I blew up the house. (laughs) That's okay. all I remember from it. It was that long ago. Yeah. Do you have anything to add about any of the characters from the game that you wanted to touch on? No, it covered a lot, to be fair. What did you think about the different enemies in the game? I'll throw to you first. And how did you go about the zombies? Did you always try to burn them? Did you try to get headshots to get rid of them so you didn't have to worry about them turning into, like, I think crimson zombies. Uh, I, I always go for headshots in any game, but I did come to a point trying to keep ammo where I just try and knife them to death. Okay, yeah, I'm not good enough for that. <laughs> but what was hard about this game is that like you could shoot up, but you're not going to hit the head every time. Like it wasn't really up mm-hmm. to you. Aiming, aiming was very difficult. Aiming was better with the shotgun because of the spread. For sure. Um, and you were more likely to get a critical headshot so it would explode and you wouldn't have to burn them. My first playthrough, I went a little crazy and I burned everything until I ran out of oil. <laughs> That's such a tedious task because if I recall correctly, the oil can only 
like burn two zombies and then you have to go refill it? I think you can fill it for three per, but then there's only a couple oil cans around. And I think each oil can only carries about six if it's full. Um, so it, it specifically was designed for you to not be able to get rid of everything. And not all zombies turned crimson as well. So it was kind of just like pick and choose. <laughs> Yeah. I'm a 100%er, so I was trying to go for 100% eradication, and it wasn't possible. (laughs) She was trying to prevent the series from continuing. Listen, (laughs) if if I was conducting myself in a game, how I would conduct myself in real life, burn it all down. Everything burns. Burn the mansion. Yeah, jump out the window and just light the mansion on fire. Honestly, it's old, it's brittle, it might be a little musty because it's in the woods, which would make it higher to burn, uh, harder to burn, but you just add some accelerant and the the age will take it away. If you try Only that, you. You will succeed. <laughs> <laughs> Only you could prevent forest fires, that's all I thought of when you said that. <laughs> Only I can create them. Oh yeah, sure, sure. The scariest thing killing everybody in the woods was actually Smokey the Bear because they could try to burn the mansion down. (laughs) Yes. Yes. For me, I want to talk about what everyone thought the scariest part of the game was. And I'm sure that the two of you are going to have a better story than I will because I didn't find this game all that scary. I The only thing I really, really was terrified of were the big... Furry spiders. Spiders should not be furry. They should not be that big. They were gross. I hated them. But in terms of like jump scares, I didn't really experience that many, I would say. But from you guys playing the original, I'll throw to Furry first. Do you remember? I remember your one story. Yeah, but that you is the main one. That's. Do you, here, retell the story for some that don't know <laughs> what it is. So uh, I must have been between seven and ten when this was a thing but my mum and sister had gone out my dad and me decided it was a play day so he just got resident evil we're like cool we just made a drink and obviously doing what i assume 99 percent of us do when we start this game is go to the front door my dad yep. does that and the head jump round the corner like round the door and that's where drinks that we just made kind of went everywhere because we just wasn't quite prepared for that. Yeah. That definitely happens. That would have been sticky. For me, it was um, the first time you meet Lisa, she automatically gets to knock you out, right? I hated that. And it wasn't necessarily because I was scared. I was angry. I did not like my agency being taken away from me. So having like a forced knockout scene and then you have to escape because you can't kill her right now. Oh, I was so mad. Because like when I played through as Chris, I was always beefed up. I always had like a lot of stuff on me. Um, so getting trapped in her little cabin and then having to like dodge around her to escape. I was like, I was so mad. I wasted so much ammo. I think I ended up reverting that save after I figured out that I couldn't kill her there. Was there any moment that you got scared during this game when you played it for the first time? 
No, because I was in my 20s <laughs> when I played the, the Resident Evil 1 for the first time. Um, Resident Evil 2 definitely has given me a few good scares because it is, it's more jump scary. Because um, I think today's graphics lends a lot more to jump scares because they can be more clear and quick. Um, but the, the older games, it, it was harder for me to get jump scared because everything's a little more slow and kind of planned out. Yeah, that's fair. So, what was everyone's favorite parts of the game? Because my favorite part of the game isn't... You know, I, I'll go last, I'll go last. Fruy, go what was your on, favorite... Go on, I want to hear this. No, you don't. You're going to make fun I of do. me. I'm going to anyway, so just get out of the way. Okay, my favorite part of the, the game is I found it hilarious how <laughs> every time you would leave the room, a door would open for like to load the next scene but my favorite <laughs> was when you're i don't know if chris has this scene but jill is in a room where the ceiling starts closing and you need to like get out and barry's conveniently there and he was like jill grab my hand and he drags you through but it's loading the new map. So <laughs> you can only see half the door and you slide <laughs> through the door. Oh, I thought that was so funny. Same with the going down the elevator. Like instead of opening the door, the elevator would just go down. So my favorite part of the game was getting a kick out of all the loading screens. How did you feel about going up and down the ladders with the cinematic screen? Oh, it's <laughs> wonderful. Every rung it would climb up. <laughs> I, it, honestly, this is my favorite part of the game, was just laughing all the time during the loading screens, and Kristen watched me play this whole game, and I was the only one laughing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, Furry, thoughts on that? It, 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 nothing surprises me with you anymore. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. So, from an actual gameplay or story point, what was your favorite uh, I don't know. I, don't, I still think it's pretty hard to beat the the very first zombie scene. Like, where you walk in and your characters are like, are you okay? And then it stands up and you're like, just pop it in the head. Forget asking questions, just shoot. And then it does that iconic turn around and like, you can just see something in its mouth as it turns. Like, hi! The zombie but, yeah. noises are so great. Yeah. They just moan. <laughs> <laughs> so if if you're playing Jill when that scene happens and the zombie follows you back and Barry kills it, right? Barry kills this thing in front of you and then straight up proceeds to like taste the blood. Yeah. <laughs> like he he kills it. It's clearly humanoid. And then he's like, what is this? And he sticks his hand in the blood and he starts investigating it and like sniffs it and gets it really close to his face. And it's just like Barry, <laughs> bloodborne illness is a thing. <laughs> How do you think this guy got like this? Yeah. So just to level up. Clearly, he wants to participate in the program. Um, I, I think for me, my favorite part, and this is kind of fucked up, but it was my favorite part because I thought it was just so stupidly pointless, is um, you save, I think his name is Steven, who's dying from like a snake bite, right? So you run, you get him the, 
the antidote, you come back, and as long as you've made it there before, I think it's seven minutes in real life, you have to make it through the mansion in that time. You bring it back, you give him the antidote, you immediately go, you fight the snake, right? And then Steven comes blasting and he's like, bat me again, bitch! (laughs) (laughs) Immediately! So it's like, so pointless. I felt so bad, but it's also kind of my favorite part, because I feel like this game, where it failed on story building is they really didn't try very hard to make you care about some of the characters (laughs) and he was one of them because you saw him for such a short amount of time so his his sacrifice for you was just really it fell flat and then the other one that just kind of tickles me because it's like you're supposed to be upset but there's there's no connection there because it's literally the first time that you've seen or heard about this person is when you find Enrico in the cave and he's like there's a traitor among you look behind you and then he's dead and you're like who is this (laughs) yeah I didn't know who that was I didn't even remember he was in the game because it's just like it's so quick and I feel bad about it but also who are you yeah Jill's stupidity in this game, or ambivalence, if you will, just cracks me up as well. But, on the contrary, what was everyone's least favorite part of the game? Free? Uh, I don't think there was a set passage. It was more the amount of puzzles that were in this thing that did my head in. Yeah, any one in particular that you remember despising? Uh, is it the blue sapphire? Where it's in like, a statue, but you can't climb up the statue, even though your character cl- clearly just put their arm up and grab it, and you have to do this elaborate box shuffle. Oh no, oh. that's the the first map. Yeah, that that was. Yeah, just... that's the first map. The blue diamond one wasn't too hard because it was in a statue that you just had to push off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That one puzzle, was that the eagle one? Is you, are you referring to where the eagle's head would um, turn? So the the eagle was for the red and the yellow gem. Okay. And the, was... the blue and yellow gems go in the tiger. So they're kind of connected, um, but the they're different puzzles. I know that my most frustrating puzzle was the ceramic pieces that you had to put into back together because I would swear that they would fit together, but there would be just a tiny little bit of an overlap. And I swear to God, that took like 20 minutes in itself. <laughs> yeah, the, the the mechanics for that one were bad because it wanted you to fit them together, but if they were actually touching, then they wouldn't fit in the puzzle. <laughs> so you had to kind of place them on the corners and just the way that you moved it around was kind of funky. Uh, I think for me, my least favorite part was the whole shark room scene because the way the camera angles are set up, it was so hard to make sure that you were clicking on the right monitor to, you know, start the whole um, shutter closing section of that while the shark just keeps ramming into the window. So I'm like panicking and just pushing buttons and, it, the the anxiety from the really loud just signs and the shark smashing into it, oh, not that not was really favorite. stressful. It was, 
it was very stressful, especially if you were trying to do it without a guide. It was like, okay, smash this screen. Nope, wrong one. Go do the other one. Now go press this valve. Now come back and do this screen. Now this lever. Oh, the lever failed. Go turn the power back on. <laughs> it's just like, ah! That was the only section in the game that had a visible like timer. Like, for saving Steven, you don't know, unless you've played before, that you only have a certain amount of time. But this... Well, it was like the meter kept going up. It was, that was so stressful. I thought we were going to die there, but I prevailed. So you did. You I pulled did, it out you. in the eleventh hour. Oh, thank you, thank you. Before we hop in to rate the game, I would like to ask both of you: Did you like the original or the HD remaster better? Because I can't speak to that. Free. I think only Furry can. I never played the original. Oh, you did. To be, I don't really think there was that much difference besides like the graphical side of it. So, yeah, same for me. I didn't have a preference. All right. Yeah, from what I've read about it, they tried to keep it pretty true to the original game because um, Resident Evil Two has gone through a whole redo. It's a totally. Oh, this is a point, beast. seeing as you two are deciding to do Resident Evil 2. Which one are you doing? We are doing the new version. We are not doing oh. uh, the original. <laughs> this makes it so much worse because a couple of podcasts ago, we had Infinite Ammo on, and we all agreed that you need to do the original first live. I bought this game forever ago. <laughs> but I bought you the rest. You didn't buy me number two. Did I not? No, you Bobby. I told you that I owned H the HD remaster and Resident Evil 2. And then you bought me three through six, I believe. And then I have seven on PlayStation, a part of the PlayStation Plus collection. Yeah, I've never played the original one, two, or three. I haven't played three at all yet because I came into the series on Resident Evil 4. So, of course, Leon is my fave. Um, <laughs> so, that that was my first introduction, is when they released that for the GameCube, and we somehow snuck it by my parents because they were pretty anti-violent games, but in such a way as that you could play a violent game as long as there was no blood. So, we... We're very political as children. We politicked our way into being able to play these bloody games. We're saying, oh, it's not blood because it's green. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So we got away with a lot. But I, I was quite surprised that they let us play Resident Evil 4. And I think it's honestly because at that point, they were just kind of more blasé about video games because we played so many like Mario and Legend of Zelda things that they did watch us play that they were like, ah, these games are good. <laughs> yeah, I got away with buying like GTA as a kid and such because my my dad doesn't know anything about video games. So I definitely played some games when I was younger that maybe I shouldn't have. So before I think we that's just the childhood experience. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Tricking our parents. Before we rate the game out of 1 to 10, I'm going to let Kristen have the floor and roast me for playing this game, which I'm sure you have a lot to say. So, you know, give it to me. I, I want to preface this with 
I love you. <laughs> you are like a little sister to me. And in that, it means that you are very annoying. <laughs> this is going to be good, guys. <laughs> uh, now, the, the main problem I had is that I'm an extremely detail-oriented person. I build maps in my brain. And I tend to have a very good memory for um, location awareness and to just... What, how things are set up, how things are run, and I'm pretty logical when it comes to solving puzzles, that kind of thing, and how I disseminate and receive information. It's all very logical, right? Whereas you're a little more freeform, kind of emotional in how you intake and expel information sometimes. So... I would have to, every time you had to go somewhere, I would have to redirect you every single passage, every door, every direction. <laughs> yeah. like, um, and it was just like, oh, it's so painful for me because when you have such firm understandings of like directional awareness, it can be hard to relate it to other people because you're sitting there like, you should just know this. <laughs> like, how? We've been no. through this room 10 times. I do not know this. <laughs> but also, I, I don't understand compass directions, right? So while I know every direction you should go, I can only relate it to you in left or right terms. So if you're like moving quickly and spinning around, my left suddenly becomes the right and so on and so forth. So... I end up like misdirecting you based on the camera angle because I'm expecting it to look one way and then you round the corner and I've already told you to take a left turn, but then that ends up like sending you backwards and I was just like, oh, so frustrated. Yeah, because I would think I know where she wants me to go, but it was never the right way. Yeah, so I think I ended up using a lot of words like, come towards the camera, go away <laughs> from the camera. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Just my map uh, reading, that was the only thing that pissed you off? Uh, the only other thing you did is um, you tend to panic a little bit in fight situations. Um, so you would get yourself, like, taken down or you would use a lot of unnecessary ammo because you just started, like, shooting over and over again. And I'd be watching it, like, bleed out on the floor and you're still shooting it and I'm like, live. Live. I had Why so much handgun ammo, what though. Death animations look like. Why don't you know the death animations yet? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, Mom. I don't know. It's okay. I forgive you. Thank you. Free. Yeah, does any of that? Does any of that? Uh, did you did you miss out on any of that? Did you wish you wanted to rage with her? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I I think I would have just give up and left. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, Kristen, thank you for not giving up on me. <laughs> I will never give up on you. <laughs> oh, love that for us. All right. To round out the Resident Evil HD Remastered discussion, let's rate the game. One being the worst thing you've ever played, ten being the best. What does everyone rate it? Three. What do you got? Seven. Why a seven? Because at the time, I probably would have given it a lot higher. But just to the, like, the awkward camera angles and stuff, that's the only thing, really, that I wasn't a fan of, or I'm not a fan of. But okay. I think this did a lot for what is my favourite genre of game, full stop. Makes sense, makes sense. 
Yeah, I, I feel that sentiment. So if I had played this when it came out, I would have given it a 10 for sure. Because um, it just, it, it was kind of the first of its kind. Because a lot of these horror games, um, you couldn't fight back or things were set up in such a way that it was just kind of an impossibility for you to fully like dominate, right? So um, this this was kind of the first experience that involved you in horror in such a way that you could kind of really control the outcomes of these individual scenes. Um, today, playing it for the first time in my 20s, um, with still giving it a buffer for just the technologies that it had possible, I, I would rate it probably a six because I think there's a lot of good lore in the background, but the, the emotional build isn't quite there. Um, it gets a little better as the, the games go on, but just the, the storytelling wasn't quite there for me to be able to make up for the difficulties in the game mechanics. Um, and it, it can be a slog to get through, honestly, because it's just so much backtracking and repeated movements and you'll, th it's just a slog, but I, I do still quite enjoy it. I think it's a really good game. I would honestly not recommend it to people that didn't grow up playing any of those kind of games from that generational standpoint because you need I think the power of nostalgia for that that old gaming system to be able to really make it through because uh, watching you play it live I saw you struggle a lot to like kind of understand how people dealt with all this stuff and I was like well I, I was raised on these issues and you know this type of stuff like old um Ocarina of Time, like the original 3D versions of The Legend of Zelda's after they were that pixelated version, right? With all the polygons. I feel like you need that link to be able to fully appreciate the original Resident Evil. Yeah, I would agree because I'm going to rate this game pretty low because I, if Kristen was not guiding my every move, I think I would have given up in this game in maybe half an hour because <laughs> I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. I just, I don't know. I don't really enjoy running around with no purpose, but you have to discover your purpose. I don't know. I would have found this game extremely difficult without her guidance, so I appreciate that. I definitely like modern gaming a lot better just because I have, I just want to like keep track of what I have and where we're going. So this game made me realize I am not a retro gamer. Not a retro gamer. But I can appreciate that other people enjoy <laughs> these types of things. So I would give it a 5 out of 10. That would be where I would rank it. But anyone have any closing thoughts on our Resident Evil discussion before we call it a day? There's just so much lore, like, there, there's so much lore, um, and it's a really wide kind of branching storyline, and then there's also the games for the 3DS that were really good that I forgot about until just now. <laughs> um, so I, th I think Resident Evil is a series that anybody can enjoy as long as, you know, you're comfortable with um, horror themes and 
you know, scary, gross stuff. Because um, it's not the biggest jump scare game. It's more of a disgusting and, like, stress-building kind of horror. Um, I But I, I think it's a series that anybody could find a home in. It's just, like, if you are a newer player, maybe watch, like, a YouTube playthrough or a breakdown of the original games rather than actually playing them. Because I don't... I, I find games today are a lot more accepting of all different play styles and, you know, people not having to be as obsessive about something to make it through, right? It's a, it's a lot more accessible, today's the way today's games are built. Um, so if you know that participating in something like these old games is going to kind of ruin your experience, don't feel pressured to have to play it. Just watch a YouTube breakdown, get the lore that you need, and join in at a point where you're comfortable. Yeah, see, I just always feel compelled to play the games through myself, and that's why we started here. But I think things are looking up on the series based on where we are for Resident Evil 2. But, Free, any closing thoughts you have for Resident Evil 1? I'll take that as a no, sir. <laughs> Well, I was muted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think he gets enough credit for what he's done for horror. What do you mean? Like, I, without this game, I don't think horror is remotely close to where it is today. It's give you the like, yeah, it's had unbearable camera angles and just like the aiming mechanics and stuff like that. But this coming out on like the PS One opened so many doors for what you could do. So I know like um Fatal Frame probably wouldn't exist without this. Okay. I and respect that's another that. good horror one, so I, it it deserves more than it gets, I think. That's fair. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that because it was like you took your standard terrifying psychological horrors and you made them a little more mainstream by adding the whole special ops element where, you know, you're armed and you're protected because you have kind of like your vests and everything. And then they, I, I think it just made it more open territory because horror itself has always been kind of a niche genre. Like horror movies tend to get horrible ratings from movie critics because, you know, they're like, oh, well, this was predictable, so on and so forth. But a, a few aspects of horror need to be kind of predictable. Because while people like to be made uncomfortable and they like their adrenaline to rise, there there are a couple things that you need to be able to latch on in a movie and you need to be able to expect, right? And it's the same with, like, a game series. So giving people that little aspect of control from actually being able to kill the things that are attacking you, I think that was a really important introduction. And then it's also kind of like... It's, it's that gung-ho third-person shooter nature right it's exciting and it's not too difficult and it's just easier for people to get into than like amnesia style games where you can't fight back and you're just constantly running around trying to make progress but you feel this constant pressure you get a little more relief from games in which you're able to you know control your own destiny in a sense yeah like the camera angles even though it was third person because the camera angles were so bad, you could never gauge distance. So you didn't know if you had your back to something, how much time you really had. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These camera angles were really rough for me. <laughs> I did circles in those hallways. I think that does it for our Resident Evil conversation. Kristen, thank you for coming on. And where can people find you? Um, you can't anymore. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been on like a prolonged hiatus. I am thinking of coming back. And if I do come back, I will be doing um, streaming either on Twitch or I may begin to do it on YouTube, whichever platform is a little more convenient for me at the time. But I think that's still probably a couple months out because I'm in the middle of preparing to move continents. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, can... we'll see how all that works out. Yeah, you can't really get much further away. <laughs> well, I'm trying to leave. I'm trying to escape. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on and discussing Resident Evil with us. You're welcome. It was very fun. Um, our playthrough of 2 is going quite well, and I'm very proud of you. Thank you. That's all I needed. Free, you proud of me? Yeah. Yay! All right, guys. <laughs> we'll... He wanted to say no. <laughs> nope, Free's proud of me. <laughs> You're going to have to save that one. Save that little sound bite to pick you up. <laughs> yes, you know it. So, Resident Evil. Is this one of your favorites from the series, or would you put this on the lower side for yourself? Uh, no, yeah, put it up there. I think Resident Evil 2 is probably my favorite, but it's pro probably top three. Ooh, top three, okay. Well, you'll have to stay tuned for <laughs> my analysis on the other ones, but all I can say is I think it'll be looking up can't be much lower than this. I'm not much of a retro gamer, okay? <laughs> but I don't think that surprises anyone, does it? No. But you know what is going to surprise some people? Me! What? <laughs> I was going to say, what, that you played it? or <laughs> No, me stumping you on this week's trivia. Alright. Let's do this. Metacritic releases the top 10 worst games of each year. So, when I say worst games, I mean lowest rating. In 2021, the lowest game of the year has a Metacritic score of 25. Do you know what game it is? Okay. What came out in 2021? Um... Hints are available if you so choose. I'm just trying to think of games that come out last year. Um, blah, 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 blah. Outriders is on there. Is it? Yeah, Outriders was last year. Uh, Back for Blood was last year. Uh, oh, I'm proper struggling just to think of games that come out last year. It is a game that you might have played i'm not sure if it is but <laughs> it is a sport oh, it's a sports video it. game yeah, it's, it's probably nba 2k21 mm. a true stumper i see unless i'll give you three guesses it is a sports video game though 
So it's not NBA. No. FIFA 21 probably wouldn't have been. What other sports games are there? UFC, but that, I imagine, was fairly all right. Uh, there wasn't an MLB last year, was there? Um, I'm. I think there was. Uh, MLB comes out every year. <laughs> I don't know. Like WWE was so bad, they skipped a year. Oh yeah, it can't be WWE then. Uh, I'll go with. NHL 21. Oof, I finally got free, but this could be an unfair question. (laughs) The best things in life are free is a statement that apparently doesn't apply to video games. Konami's 20-year-old pro soccer friend... Oh, Pez! How did I forget Pez? I used to play that! eFootball 2022 on the PC. Yeah. We've... You have... Was that even... What? I'm trying to think, was that even a game that physically come out? What do you mean, physically? It didn't make it out to stores. It switched to a free-to-play model. Yeah, see, that's why... Uh, yeah. I was just trying to think of things that are physically new come out, and I was like, I don't know. eFootball <laughs> September launch was a legendary disaster. Critics and players noted laughable and embarrassing graphics. And a severe lack of content. It is the worst yeah. reviewed game on Steam <laughs> in the storefront history. I only asked you this question because it was related to your favorite sport. <laughs> and that's why I was like, he might know this, but maybe he won't. No, Pez has been so bad for a long time, I forgot. So It was still a thing. <laughs> it was so bad, you blocked it out of your memory. Yeah, pretty much. I remember this now because everyone was like, oh, they're doing it free because there wasn't anything they could do to improve gameplay. And rather than charge you a full 50 to 70 pounds slash dollars, it was a case of we'll just release it free with the updated teams and kits. And everyone was then like, well, does FIFA not do this? Blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, it's obvious. And this is why. (laughs) Yeah. Worst game review in Steam history. That's nuts. Yeah, but again, it's just console specific, isn't it? It did say PC, but I mean, is it better on anything else? Well, I imagine it scored higher on everything else. Oh, I guess. Yeah, 25 out of 100. That's pretty bad. Well... I finally did it. I stumped Fruy, but it was a very niche question, so maybe I'll be fair next time. <laughs> but I did see you struggle, and that's all I needed, just one time. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for this week's episode of Between Two Gamers. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms. If you got something to say about Resident Evil, if you want to make fun of me or hype up what anyone else said, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Between Two Gamers. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. <laughs>